0: Welcome again to the IDS Hour. I'm your host, Paul Honeycutt, joined as always by Jeff Volker. Jeff, we're nearing the end of the uh, study we've been doing on the end times. And uh, today we're going to talk about something new.
1: Ah, yeah. Well, well, typically uh, there's lots of, there's some very famous hymns mm. that, uh, and of course they'll talk about the streets of gold Yes, when we die and, and you hear sometimes at funerals mm. talking about where are the believers now, they're in the streets of gold mm. walking, well first off that's that, those things are wrong in two different ways number one when you die you go to be with the Lord but there's no body mm. so there's not the physical realm, how that works we don't know But so you're not walking on the streets of gold at that point Cause you don't have a body, but number two, at the second coming, when we have the new heavens and new earth, there's this description of this, this city, this new Jerusalem coming out to the mm-hmm. sky. Mm-hmm. That is what we want to talk about. What is the new Jerusalem yeah. and how this works? To do that, we need to read through, really, all of chapter 21 of the book of Revelation. So in this segment, that's what we'll be doing. Mm-hmm. So chapter 21, book of Revelation, verse 1 then i saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea sea is just throughout the old testament in particular it's always the place where evil comes Mm -hmm. and of course you need you wouldn't have to go back into the old testament that's not so much um necessary for our discussion here Mm -hmm. but if you're a a water lover, you know, like I am. Both of us are. Mm-hmm. We, usually, we joke you're either a mountain person or a, right. a, or a water person. We're both water people. So I get to the new heavens and the earth, there's no water. <laughs> and no, I don't think that's what they mean. But uh, then I saw a new heaven, new earth, for the first heaven and earth that had passed away and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from, from God prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. Well, that's the first clue, mm-hmm. coming out as a bride. So what we're going to see, and we'll walk through the whole chapter, but the New Jerusalem is initially described as really a bride, mm-hmm. dressed like a bride. And of course, the church, those for whom Jesus died, the elect from every tribe, nation, and tongue, they are called the Bride of Christ. And so, but let's read on a little, little further and i heard a loud voice from the throne saying look god's dwelling place is now among the people and he will be with them he will dwell with them they will be his people and god himself will wipe them will be with them excuse me and be their god so stop a second so then when he sees this city coming down this holy city the new jerusalem coming down it's now at first he describes it as the bride then he says, uh, "God's look, God's dwelling place is now among the mm-hmm. people. Ah, so these, once again, I think the new Jerusalem, is the, the, it is the people of God. Then he says in verse 4, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. Of course, that just refers to the fact that now there's no sin in this, But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. Once again, so we initially saw this you know—the city coming down, but the focus is all people. First the bride, then it says God will be dwelling with his people, Now it says these are all those who are believers, who are victorious. And of course, but he very clearly says, but there's no unbelievers allowed in this city. No unbelievers. Now we go from there to verse 9, where it says, one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues came and said to me, come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the lamb. Now this is unmistakable the people of God. And he carried me away in the Spirit to a mountain great and high and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. It shone with the glory of God, and its brilliance was like that of a very precious jewel, like a jasper, clear as crystal. It had a great high wall with twelve gates and with twelve angels at the gates. On the gates were written the names of the twelve tribes of Israel. There were three gates on the east, three on the north, three on the south, and three on the west. The wall of the city had twelve foundations, and on them, that is each foundation, were the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. The angel who talked with me had a measuring rod of gold to measure the city, its gates, and its walls. The city was laid out like a square, as long as it was wide. He measured the city with a rod and found it to be to be 12,000 stadia in length, and as wide and high as it is long. Now, in case you wonder, what is a stadia? It's about 1,400 miles, 12,000 stadia. So it's a cube, Fourteen. I mean, it's huge. The angel measured the wall using human measurement, and it was 144 cubits thick. And, of course, that one, we're looking at, well, how thick is that? That is, uh, I mean, it's about 200 feet The wall was made of jasper and the city of pure gold as pure as glass. The foundations of the city walls were decorated with every kind of precious stone. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third agate, the fourth emerald, the fifth onyx, the sixth ruby, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth turquoise, the eleventh jacinth, and the twelfth amethyst. The twelve gates were twelve twelve pearls, and each gate made of made of a single pearl. The great street of the city was of gold, as pure as transparent glass. Now it's interesting, just stop there for the second. <coughs> this is where we get this the this vivid description uh from the old hymn about streets of gold and everything precious. But the point is, is that He's not, the Apostle John, in seeing this vision, is not really thinking about a building. He's thinking about people described as a building, all made with precious stones. And, of course, it's the the gates, the 12 tribes Mm -hmm. of Israel, the foundations, the 12 apostles, because that's where all the people of God come from. Whether it's the picture of the people of God or the real people of God, that's God's plan of salvation Mm -hmm. comes that way. So that's the first, that is the first big thing we want to be very clear about, is that because the book of Revelation is a series of visions, and visions are not literal, but they communicate truth, when we get to the, the New Jerusalem coming down like this huge cube, coming down out of the sky, <coughs> it's described in terms of this magnificent, huge city, but it's really describing the people of God mm-hmm. who are very precious in God's sight. So, and that's so that's very important to understand. So we're not caught up in well, when I get to heaven uh, or the new heavens to earth, I'm going to be, you know, walking on streets of gold <laughs> and all these pearls. For the each pearl is, is this, a gate is made out of each pearl. Mm-hmm. No, that's not. That is not the point. But where are the mansions? They're the mansion. Now, They're beyond the gates. They're beyond the gates. Um, now, go back to verse 22. He says, I did not see a temple in the city, because the Lord Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. Mm-hmm. Now, this, we're going to digress just a moment, because I know you don't like to digress. Of course. Oh, no, no, no. Never. We, we never take rabbit trails here. <laughs> but uh, one of the things that does irritate us a little bit uh, is this... Idea which is gaining steam Mm. um, or credibility in our days is that in the Garden of Eden there was a temple, yeah, and that Adam and Eve were caring for the temple in the garden. We said, No, 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 there's no temple in the garden, Um, there's no language for that whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But when you get to the nation of Israel, now. God does have a building, a tabernacle, and then, that, then you have from that, you have the temple. And that is God is revealing that he's dwelling with his people. And now, but now in the new covenant there, this side of Pentecost, there is no physical temple. Now the individual believer is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And when believers gather together, they are described as the temple of the Holy Spirit. So now, but then you get to the new heavens, new earth here in Revelation twenty one. And there's no need for a temple because God is actually dwelling with His people. Mm -hmm. So let we're like back, we're going back to the Garden of Eden where God was communing, fellowshipping with Mm -hmm. Adam and Eve before they fell, and so only the new heavens, new earth, the God dwelling with people is simply a greater manifestation of that than what we saw in Emer. so that's the, the, so there is no need for a for a temple so there's no need for a temple before uh israel in the old covenant and there's no need for a temple after the the new covenant era after mm-hmm. the second coming because god is going to be physic you know physically there he's going to take uh the form and be there and, and with his people you have anything to add on that one? No, I'm with you. I'm just, just checking. I'm with you. Well, he says, The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives its light, and the Lamb is its lamp. So there's no need for the sun, because it's just mm-hmm. brightness because God is there. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. Or no <clears throat> On no day will the gates ever be shut, for there will be no night there. The glory and honor of the nations will be brought into it. Nothing impure will ever enter it, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Now, once again, just remember, this is a vision. It's using sort of folksy physical stuff to talk about spiritual truths. So <clears throat> so you cannot try to read in to the imagery mm-hmm. beyond just what it's supposed to you know, be a picture of. And, I, and I've, I've heard of people doing that. Well, the nations will walk by its light. Well, this people are, the people of God are described as the, the nations. Mm-hmm. Uh, things like that. Because the setting for this seems rather obvious, at mm-hmm. least to me. This is after the second coming. This is after the present heavens and earth are destroyed. Mm-hmm. So this, um, so now that is the new, the new Jerusalem. Now, once we've said that, and we've described that as the people of God, we should continue, at least for a bit, in chapter 22. Because it then takes us, what we would call, into the imagery of the Garden of Eden. Yeah. And that is, I think that is very helpful to understand what's going on at the end. It says, Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, mm-hmm. down the middle of the great street of the city, on each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of the trees are for the healing of the nations. Now, stop there for a second. The imagery comes from the Garden of Eden. Mm-hmm. We had the tree of life bearing fruit, of course, and they weren't—they uh, were allowed to eat of that until they ate the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Then the condemnation of death came upon Mm. them and they were banned from the Garden of Eden and that angel with a flaming sword was guarding the tree of life so that no one could get to it. It's all symbolic, it seems. But once again, now in the new heavens and new earth, now the idea we have this water flowing from the throne in the Garden of Eden. We had these four headwaters coming Mm. out of Eden. Now we have Water flowing from the throne, and on the the sides are the trees of life. Mm -hmm. Just it's like Garden of Eden on steroids. Mm -hmm. That's what it's like. And just emphasizing the magnificence, what we have in store for us once we get into the physical picture of the kingdom of God. We're now in the spiritual picture of the kingdom. Mm We're now in the spiritual kingdom, but we're we're going to be after the second coming into the physical picture of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Then it says in verse 3, there will no longer be any curse. The throne of God and the Lamb will be in the city. Now once again, notice the throne of God and the Lamb, because the Lamb is also God. It's man who represented men by his death on the cross, but it's also God. So mm-hmm. the throne of God and the Lamb, Jesus mm-hmm. is the Lamb of God, the unblemished Lamb. So you have, he is both God, he is, he, he, he is God, but he's, he's separate from God. Both are true. So the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. They will see his face, and the name his name will be on their foreheads. Just symbolic that they belong to him. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever. And ever mm. now, this is just uh, it's a remarkable picture, but the focus of attention is not the details of what the new heavens and new earth will be like because it's all symbolic pictures mm-hmm. it's not the real deal, so the only thing that's clear is you'll be with the Lord. Mm-hmm. That's you'll be the real people of God and you'll be with the Lord. That's really the only thing that comes out of this that's crystal clear. Everything else is just imagery. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're not a real believer and you're a, that is a God lover, you, you know you're you're embracing Christ as your perfect savior and you're following him as your Lord. Scripture is your authority because it's the word of the God whom you love. Mm-hmm. Then to say you're going to be with your Lord forever well, that's all you need to know. So sometimes these discussions we have about, what will well, you know the new, heaven, the new earth be it like? Mm-hmm. And it's all fanciful discussion because the Bible doesn't address it.
0: Right.
1: It just talks, talks about it in terms of imagery, but it never gets into the real details because that's not relevant. Mm-hmm. Well, the only thing that's relevant is the fact that we're going to physically be with the Lord. And by that, I would understand that to be that the Son of God became man, and he took upon himself a body for all eternity. So Jesus is both. He is God, and as mm-hmm. God, he's a spirit, he's everywhere at once, but as the God-man, he took on a body. So I would assume that when we're in the new heavens, new earth, that we're going to see Jesus. Because mm-hmm. he is the person of the Godhead who reveals God, because he's called in John 1 the Word of God. Mm-hmm. So we will see him because both the father and the spirit are they are spirit but the son took upon himself a body as the god man for all eternity without in any way ceasing to be fully god you
0: know as as we're talking about this and and without getting too fanciful because i don't like to do that but it does so heading here eden restored it does remind you i kept thinking is this what it would have been like had there never been sin that man would have dwelt forever with God in this perfect, pristine kind of ex- existence had Adam not sinned. Well, let's,
1: let's I mean, just... It's fanciful, but... It's, it it like, is fanciful, because uh, you have the beard, so I would assume more fanciful <laughs> I'm very stuff. very fancy. Yes. yes. No, but if there is no sin, there's no need for a Savior, right. and therefore Adam was created Eve in, in fellowship with God. Right. So no, you would just... You would seem if there's no sin, you just continue in, in this perfect environment, mm-hmm. which it was, exactly. in right. fellowship with God. But of course, we know that's not God's plan. He determined it in eternity past. So as far as you know, saying, "What if?" Well, that's you know, what it's I'm always, it's always that, difficult. One of the
0: bookends idea that you look at, you look at Genesis one, mm-hmm. and you see the creation account, and you say, and "It was, and God looked, and it was good, and all that." And then, 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 you know, Adam messes up, Eve messes up, and, and then you have this <laughs> humongous book, right, you know, here to here, full of all this stuff that went on, you know, and then you come to the very end again, and in a sense, we're back to the garden in this, in, in the presence of God for all eternity, there's no sin, there's no evil, yeah. there's no darkness,
1: I mean, all of that, it's like, wow. Yeah, the difference being, of course, it describes, you know, the New Heavens, New Earth as sort of Eden on steroids. Mm-hmm. Whereas Eden, there always existed the possibility of sin. Yeah. In the new heavens, new earth, there is no possibility right. of sin. Because God won't, we are confirmed, was it the language confirmed in righteousness? <laughs> Using that. That there is no, that means that, 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 that we won't be able to sin yeah. in, you know, for all eternity. Now, in all honesty, I, I have a difficult time getting my hands around that. Sure. Because as I think about life, I can only think about it in terms of a person who, who wants to live for the Lord but struggling with sin. Mm-hmm. I I I cannot conceive of existence without battling mm-hmm. evil in my own thoughts, not counting stuff from without me. I I I can't conceive of it. So I take it by faith, though I. It's and I use this illustration to death, but it's true. It's like he's describing to me a color that I've never seen before—the color orange. The color orange, which, by the way, is the color of the year. Did you know that? Well, it's because it's Clemson's color, <laughs> and I think they're going to go all the they're way. Go all the way this time. Hopefully, go all the way, yeah. but you never can tell. Yeah. So, anyways, so that's what this. So, this is terribly encouraging to us as believers. Right. Well, the other thing too that you know,
0: the, the New Jerusalem—we're not talking about a city. We're no. talking about people. Yes. And that
1: gets lost a lot of times. It too. really does, because people get enamored with the streets of gold and all this mm-hmm. stuff we're talking about. God is enamored with the people. Because if you go back all the way to Abraham, mm-hmm. and you say, what was God's plan that was revealed in the Abrahamic covenant, that God's going to have a people mm-hmm. and take them into his land? Right. And we see the fulfillment of that here in Revelation 21 and 22. Right. And it's a wonderful thing. It really is. It's great. Well, I hope you've uh, you've enjoyed this.
0: Uh, if you have any questions, as always, Jeff would love to hear from you.
1: My cell phone number is four eight zero three one three eight five five eight. And some people, I don't, I think, don't think that that's really true, or, I'm, or that I'm not really serious. I really am, and uh, which means I can get a share of crank calls too. Yeah. But I would gladly talk with you on the phone. So four eight zero three one three eight five five eight. And my email address is volker.jeff. Remember, it's G-E-L-F-F, volker.jeff at gmail.com.
0: And you can always check us out on our website, ids.org. We'll see you next time. Thanks for watching.
1: Bye-bye.